I was a single mom at the age of 19, a young mom raising a child at a young age and not even knowing what life was about. As a single mom, you, when you have a child that you want to give the world to, and you don't know how because you don't know or understand how to have a relationship. My choices were bad choices. Got involved with wrong people, wrong relationships, and even when I was going to church, I had one foot in and one foot out, and I didn't understand what having a godly relationship was, having a relationship with Christ. I was angry, angry at the world. No one could make me happy, and I couldn't understand why. Years go by, and I find myself in Florida. Something in my spirit shook me, and I needed to find and plant myself in a church. So I find myself in Coastal Community, and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Just because I, re I remembered how I was greeted, I wanted to know how I could be a part of welcoming people to my new home. It was such an impact for me when I was greeted with a warm hello that if that made such an impression on me, I can do that to somebody else. And I found out about first impressions. It's good to see everybody come in and you're lifting them even before they hear the message. Once I started getting a little bit more familiar with the church, I found out about Adopt-A-Block. I knew that Adopt-A-Block was gonna be my heart because I can relate to Collier City. We have a good time, we laugh, we joke, and we minister. I can change possibly somebody's life. We look forward to it every single first and third Saturday of the month. Everyone should be able to share that and have that experience like I am. I knew the first day that I walked in to Coastal that that was my home and that's my family, and that's where I needed to be planted. I love my church because together we make a difference. Well, good morning, Coastal. How are you guys doing this morning? Okay, like, I, this is what I know. I am excited about Jesus, and the rest of y'all jokers, you suck this morning, okay? Like, that's all I got to say right about that. Anyways, hey, my name is TJ, and I'm one of the pastors here. We're so glad that you're with us. Can we just give it up for Natalie's story right there? I mean, that <laughs> Man, I, I, I love that story. I, I love what God is doing in her life, and, and I wish we could have shared, like, everything, because it was a, it, like, we didn't even need to preach today. We could have just let her talk about what, what God is doing in her life, and uh, it really 
comes in with this series called that we're doing called I Love My Church, where we're talking all about the values of our church. We're talking about the things that make us kind of beat our heart here at Coastal and, and, and what is really, really, really important. And, and really what that video is about is about somebody walking in that was pretty much broken and, and looking for hope. And they got served and, and they got to discover the joy of coming to a place where everyone's welcome no matter how jacked up, no matter how messed up. You don't have to have it all together. You come here, we're going to love you, we're going to serve you, we're going to do whatever it takes. And because people are willing to do that, because people are willing out there giving high fives and hugging people and taking care of your snotty-nosed brat kids and, you know, all those. I'm just kidding. You don't have snotty-nosed brat kids unless... Maybe you're that one person and you know who you are. Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, there's these people that are here just loving everything about you and your family with no strings attached. And, and all of a sudden you see that and you see the joy that these people have and you see the purpose that they have and it's something about that is attractive. And that's exactly what happened in her story. She saw this and she goes, man, I want to I wanna help other people discover that. I want to help people experience what I've experienced here. And, and now that she isn't this woman that doesn't have any purpose or vision for her life, she is this, this woman that is passionately pursuing God with everything that she has. I mean, She's been in my house like every Thursday night for a connect group with my wife. And it's like, will you all leave so I can, so I can go to sleep? But you guys are like here talking about Jesus all night. Give it a break, okay? Because that's what happens when Jesus starts getting involved in your life and you start seeing what he is all about and you start seeing the essence of who he is and, and how he wants to use your life and what he wants to do in your life. And what Natalie realizes that church isn't a spectator sport. It's a sport that it's not something where you just come and you just, you just sit here every weekend and you watch. But what, what being the church is and what being a part of a church is, 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 is being a participator in what Jesus has for everyone else. It's about playing your role in the body. It's about being part of the greater thing that Jesus is trying to do. And so we have a value here at Coastal uh, that's called save people, serve people. If you've been found by Jesus, if Jesus is Lord of your life, then your role and responsibility as a follower of Jesus is to serve other people because that's exactly what Jesus did for us. That's exactly how he lived his life. And I think that the story that we just saw, every single one of us, God has a story like that for us. How he wants to use what's happened in our life to go out and to make a difference, to love the unlovable, to love the broken, to love the hurting, to love the people that are just looking for a smile and a handshake into salvation, into this place where they can have an encounter with God every single week. And this is what I've discovered is not everyone who serves is saved, but everybody who is saved should be serving. And, and Jesus kind of established this whole idea. I mean, this is something that he was all about. And in fact, in, in Ephesians 2, chapter 10, this is what Paul writes about us. He says, we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. In essence, what it's saying is it's like we're God's handiwork. Man, he has hand-formed us and he has handcrafted us to do something for him. Like he created us on purpose, with a purpose, and for a purpose. And he wants us to discover what that is. And he wants us to realize that we have been saved. We have been bought by, by the price that Jesus paid on the cross for service. 
And so today we're going to dive in and we're going to talk about that and we're going to look at some things that, that Jesus actually talked about himself and I don't think there's a better teacher than Jesus himself. And so if you want to open up your Bibles to John chapter 13, we're going to be looking at one of the last things that Jesus said and, and probably today you're going to get more like scripture in one little portion of the message than normal. So like we're going to read 16 verses straight so you guys just got to kind of follow along with me if you don't have your bible you can look in your worship god if you don't have your worship god you can pay attention on the screen and this is what jesus this is what was happening um it's the last supper it's the passover feast and so we're going to start in verse one and then we're going to skip to verse three and read through verse 17 so it says it was just before the passover feast jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave the world and to go to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. And what it's saying there is like, he's getting ready to show every single person, every man, woman, and child, the full extent of how much he loves us and what that looks like. So we're gonna skip verse two, verse three. It says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and, so, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal and took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, you're not going to wash my feet. And Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but you will understand later. And no, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Peter just couldn't understand that Jesus could take on this position, that Jesus could get down and wash people's feet. And, and it just dawned on him, like, this does not seem right. And so it goes on. And Jesus answered him, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. And I love how Simon Peter kind of like changes his tune right there because he wanted to be a part of what Jesus was doing. And then it says, then the Lord, Simon Peter, replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, a person who has, been, who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you, for he knew that someone was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you, he asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for this is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's, uh, one another's feet. I have set you an example. That is an, a great word for us. Like Jesus said, man, I've set an example for you that you should do as I have done. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. And I love this next verse. This is a, an amazing verse. If you have your Bible, underline this verse. This is an important verse. It says, now that you know these things, you would be blessed if you do them. Jesus said, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. And what Jesus is doing right there, Jesus is separating the difference between knowing something and doing something right there. He's saying, listen, 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 guys, it's not just enough to have a whole bunch of head knowledge and not have any application in life. Because a lot of us, what happens is we have a whole bunch of head knowledge about Jesus. We know all the things that he said. We understand all the things that he said. But there isn't a whole lot of application to those things. And he's saying, he's saying it's great that you understand that you are to have a heart of service, but it's going to be totally different in your life when you start to actually live out a life of service. It's great to have the knowledge 
knowledge of service, it's great to say that's something we should do, but until you actually start doing something, you're gonna miss out on what it's all about. You're gonna miss out on what I want you to be about. And when you start to serve other people, it's gonna lead you down a whole new path, and that whole new path is gonna take you to this place of blessing, it's gonna take you to this place of purpose, it's gonna take you to this place of joy, it's gonna take you to this place that every single one of us is longing for, but it starts with us not just having a lot of knowledge, but starting to have application for what God wants us to do. It's not just about knowing the things about God, it's about actually applying the things of God in our lives. It's about being the hands and the feet of Jesus. And John chapter 13 is a constant reminder for all of us of this thing. Because what you gotta understand of, of what's happening here is that, that Jesus is coming from a conversation with his disciples where they're bickering and they're, they're jockeying for position, a lot like us in life. We all wanna be higher up on the totem pole. We all want more, we want more significance, we want more purpose, we want all of that stuff. And so he just come from a conversation where they're like, man, I wanna be first, I wanna be at your right hand, I wanna be at this position, I wanna hold these titles, I wanna do all this stuff. And so they walk into this dinner and it was custom as you walked in that a servant would wash your feet because you've just traveled a long ways. It's dirty, it's nasty, you got some toe jam in there. I mean, like, it's just not a good thing. Like, you're dirty. And so normally a servant would be at the door that would wash your feet, and, but there is no servant, but there's a towel and there's a basin. And so all the disciples are walking in and, and they're walking in and they're going like, man, that's somebody else's job. I mean, I mean, like, and, and they're saying to them, I ain't washing his feet. Like, I'm not washing Thomas's feet. That dude's always down. There ain't no way I'm washing that joker feet. And Peter, that dude's got a temper. He just cut some dude's ear off. I mean, who's going to wash his feet? Like, some of the lesser known disciples, they should wash some feet. Like, they don't have any books written about them. Like, where are you at, Bartholomew? Who you are? Nobody knows who you are. You should be washing people's feet. Like, and they just came in with all this attitude, like, I am too good. Like, somebody else needs to take that role. Like somebody else needs to take that responsibility. Like somebody else needs to, to play that because, because I've got a whole bunch of excuses why I shouldn't. I've got a whole bunch of objections as to why like it shouldn't be me. And I think a lot of us, we have objections to serving as well. We, have, we come up with all these different reasons why we shouldn't or why we can't. Oh, I know for some of them, like the younger people, they're like, oh, I'm just too young. Like, I'm too young. I'm, I, like, I can't serve. I can't make a difference because I'm too young. Let me just tell you something. Man, we have like a six-year-old at our Pompano campus that sets up and tears down every single week. Six years old. Six-year-old's making some of y'all jokers look like a fool. Seriously, like, because he's learning the heart of service. Man, we've got junior high kids that are right now back there helping watch your kids because they've learned the heart of service. Like, you're never too young. We've had, we've had a kid that grew up here from the very beginning. He was in junior high when he started. He's been serving it all the way through kids' ministry. Now he's, he's going to be preaching next weekend in refuge. He just graduated. Like, this kid is, like, you're not too young to do something great for God. Like, you look all throughout the Gospels. These guys were teenagers, like, you're never too young to do something significant for Jesus. And a lot of us, we've been having our objection, like, I'd, I'm just too young. Like, no, you're not, man. God can use you right now where you are and do something great with you. For some of y'all, your excuse is, like, I'm too old. I'm too old. And, and let me just tell you something. If you're still breathing, God's still got a plan for your life. And some of you guys are like, but it, like, when I retire, then maybe I'll do something. Listen, listen, listen. Retirement isn't even biblical. Nowhere in the Bible did anybody have a retirement plan besides going to heaven. 
And like, God wants to use you right now. God wants to use you in your place. I love that we have, we have people showing up at our offices during the week working and doing things and putting together bulletins and all kinds of stuff because they say, you know what? We're not too old to do something for Jesus. We have people that are here at Set Up and Tear Down. We have some, some people that are there back in kids ministry right now that they said, you know what? My age does not dictate whether I can get up and down and love some kids. And some of us, we're using some excuses that we're too old. For others of us, our objection is, is man, I'm just too busy. And this is, this is by far the age-old one. We're all busy, aren't we? But this is what I know. You make a priority for whatever is important in your life. And right now, let me just tell you something. Some of you guys are choosing some really good things over the great things in life. And, and good is the arch nemesis, the great. And there's lots of good things that, be, that can be going on in life. Man, you can go to all of those sporting events. You can put your kid in every single thing. And that might be a good thing, but is that the great thing for them? To fill up your entire life based on their social schedule? And I'm not like down that. Like I love kids sports. I, I, I coach kids sports. I, like, I think that's an important thing. Some of you all are filling it up because you're just making more and more appointments for things. And every time you say yes to those other things, you're saying no to something else. And a lot of people are saying yes to uh, another coffee appointment for their work and yes to another ball game thing for that. And they're saying no to doing the very heart of what Jesus called us to do, which was serve. Because I'm just too busy. I didn't figure there'd be like a lot of amens in that part right there. Like people are like, yeah, hallelujah. No, because we know that we all use that as an excuse. It's our excuse, I'm just too busy. And Jesus right here, is, he's just, he just kind of setting the tone right here because he's saying like, listen, listen, you can, you can come up with all the reasons why you can't, but the very essence of who I am, the very essence and core being of why I came to this earth is to serve. And if you want to be like me, the, at the heart of everything you do is gonna be the heart of servanthood. It's gonna be the heart of a servant. That's why in Mark chapter 10, verse 45, it says, for the Son of Man didn't come to this earth to be served, but to serve others by giving his life as a ransom for many. You could look at that verse and you could, you can in essence say, Jesus saved us by serving us. The reason we are saved today is because we were served by Jesus. He served us into salvation. And if Jesus' very life was based upon that principle, don't you think that, that we should emulate that, that we should understand that saved people, people that have been found by Jesus, should go out there and serve other people so they can have the same exact experience? And I learned this very, very early on when I, when I gave my life to Jesus. I spent a year at an, at an internship, and then I came back, and I, I knew that I wanted to be used by God, and, and my pastor did a message like this, and, and, and I remember him saying, if you want to be used by God, you, you come see me, and uh, you know, we weren't this huge church, and so there wasn't like a sign-up sheet or anything. It was like, you want to sign up, you went and saw the pastor, like, <laughs> not very big, and so like I went to my pastor, and I said, man, I want to be used by God, and he's like, what do you want to do, and I was like, I, I want to do what you do, and I, I think I could probably do it better than you, and, uh, and so he's like, okay, um, and, and, and he was kind of like one of those guys, he was tough, uh, 
you know, he liked to preach for a long time. Like, he enjoyed preaching for a long time. And if, like, nobody responded, he would preach that message again until somebody did. And so, like, a message might go from one hour to four hours based on your response. And so, like, that won't happen here, but I would like it to every once in a while. Um, so, and, and so, like, I remember that. And he's like, okay, you want to be used by God. I want you to meet me here at the church at 6 a.m. on Saturday morning. And I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm like 20 years old. Like, I've never seen 6 a.m. on a Saturday morning. Like, like, that's Friday night. Friday night, like, you don't get up at 6 a.m. He's like, you want to be used by God? You meet me here at 6 a.m. And so I remember showing up, you know, kind of like, you got the eye boogers and stuff in your eyes and hairs on. You know what I'm talking about. I'm not the only one that has it, okay? Let's be real. This is church. Showing up, and he's like, all right, man, you're going to pray. We, we have this room, it's called the prayer closet. Uh, if you grew up in Pentecostal church, which I did, uh, charismania is what I call it. Uh, we had a room that like you went to go pray in it, and he's like, you're gonna pray in here. Uh, you're gonna pray in here until I tell you to stop. So every Saturday morning, 6 a.m., you need to be here and praying. If you don't do it, like don't come back and wanna do anything in the church. And so like I walked into that room, and it's all like senior adult ladies. You know what I'm saying? Like senior adult ladies. And, uh, and so like, I don't really know what I'm doing. They like get in a circle and they like to hold hands and, uh, see, and they like to do like, they, they're swaying back and forth and like pushing in and out, like calisthenics are going like, I thought it was like, I didn't know what was going on. Uh, but like, and they're going for like hours, like praying, praying hard. Like I'm just trying, like I thought I was going to go into like a room and sleep and like act like I was really spiritual, but that man, they're praying. And then at the end, they would always put a chair in the center of the room and they would say, who's sinned this week and needs prayer? And they'd all just like look at me. They're like, they were so old, they didn't even sin anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, like and so every week I'd sit down in that chair and they'd pray for me. Like, I got so much prayer in that time. And, and like, but I just was faithful. Like, I just was faithful. And, and what my pastor knew is that he knew that if I didn't ever learn how to serve in secret, I would never be good in public. If I didn't learn how to serve in the places where, like, where nobody else wanted to serve or where people weren't going to see you, then I would never be any good in front of other people. After a while, he came and said, man, you, you still want to be used by God? I was like, man, I want to be used by God if it gets me out of that room. Okay, and so, like, and so he's like, awesome. After you get done praying, I was like, great. I, I need you to come in. I need you to set up chairs. And, and, like, and, and so we had these folding metal chairs. And so he's like, here's the deal. Like, I need you to set up these chairs. And they need to be perfectly straight. Because when they're perfectly straight, it's like the presence of God is here. And I just preach better. And I'm like, oh, man, we need that. And so like, I'm making sure those things are as straight as can be. And, you know, and, and, and I started falling falling in love with the house of God. Sort of falling in love with the house of God. Like I come in and like teenagers and, and like little kids would be back there coloring and messing chairs up. I'd be like, what are you doing, kid? Like you better straighten that chair up. Like I was, I started appreciating the house of God because like I was putting in the effort for that. I was doing the things that nobody else was doing because I, I, I realized that if I didn't learn how to serve and love the house of God, then, then I wouldn't be able to be used by God in those things. And I kept doing that, and before long, my pastor's like, you still want to be used by God? I'm like, please, Jesus, get me out of just Saturdays. And he's like, man, I've got something. You want to minister? And I was like, oh, that's a, that's a new word. I, yes, I want to minister. He's like, here you go. Here's our emergency pager. And I'm like, what, what do I need that for? He's like, well, when people go to the hospital or they need to talk to somebody or, or something, like they're going to they're gonna call this number, and they're going to leave a number, and you're going to call them back and do whatever they need. And, uh, and so he gave me this emergency pager. 
And, and like, I thought that that was cool at first until I realized that that thing goes off nonstop. Like, people, people go to the hospital a lot when they're old. Um, and, and so, like, every day it was like I was rolling into the hospital. Another, I was like, man, I, I might as well just work here. Uh, and, 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 like, just in there praying for people. And, and if you know me very well, I don't have, like, a great bedside manner. Uh, and, 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 like, I'm kind of harsh. And, and, but I just started loving people. I was in the hospital, like, every day. Because my pastor knew that if I didn't learn how to serve in, in the insignificant, with the broken, with the hurting people of this world, then I would never have the heart that Jesus has for other people. And then if I didn't learn how to do those things, if I didn't learn how to serve in those environments, then I would miss the very essence of the cause of Christ, which is all about serving others. It's not about building your platform. It's not about building your legacy or your name. It's about building the name of Jesus. My pastor was trying to teach me that save people, serve people. And so I want to ask you a simple question today, and that's this, is, is how is your heart to serve? Is it beating for the cause of Christ? Like, is it beating for what Jesus is all about? And Jesus is all about others. It says in John 13, 4, going back, it says, Jesus got up from the table he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. Jesus had this heart of a servant. And so what are some of the traits that, that we need to have if we're going to have this heart of servanthood? I think the first thing you see out of there is that, man, Jesus has a willingness to get involved. Jesus just has this willingness to get involved. If you look at that scripture, it says he got up from the table. He got up from the table. He saw a need, and instead of sitting there at the table with everybody else, he got up and he started to do something about it. He got up and said, man, I, 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 I gotta do something. I've gotta make a difference for this. Listen, there is a time to sit at the table, and there's a time to listen to what's going on, but there's also a time that every single one of us needs to push back from the table and say, you know what, I'm gonna do something about this instead of just listening to this. I remember a couple years ago, we were, we were having a prayer meeting in, in a connect group, and, and um, this, we were going around the room, and everybody's giving their prayer requests, and this lady got up and said, man, you know what? I, I'm getting evicted from my house, and, and I found a place to live. It's like 20 minutes away, but I've got to get out of my house tomorrow. And you know what the, the leader said? The leader said, hey, we'll pray for you on that. And as we're sitting there praying, like I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, like this lady doesn't need prayer. What she needs is a few dudes in a truck to show up at her house and help move her. And so at the end of that, that little prayer meeting, I got up and I walked over and I said, ma'am, what's your address? We'll be at your house in the morning. And I called up a whole bunch of dudes and I said, hey, we're going to go move this lady. She's, she's getting evicted out of her house. I don't care what you're doing. Drop it. Like we're going to go serve somebody. Because there's a time to sit at the table and there's also a time to get up from the table and do something. There's a time to sit at the table. There's a time to think about what's going on. There's a time to contemplate about what's going on. There's a time to talk about what's going on. But there's also a time that we need to get up from the table and do something about what's going on. And that's exactly what Jesus is doing here. He's saying, listen, listen, there's a time that your love needs to become legs and do something. Like you need to put some legs to your love. 
And God is desiring for all of us to do that in every single aspect of life. Like, how are you putting your legs, your love to legs? Like, how are you making Jesus evident in everything that you're doing? And let me just say this. There's some of you all that have been sitting at the table of church for a really, really long time, and you're getting fat on Jesus, and it's time for you to get some exercise. It's time for you to get up and put some legs to your love there's, because it's happening all the time. There's people that are out there every single week that are greeting you. You want to know why? Because they're putting legs to their love. There's people that are back there and over there taking care of your elementary school students and your infants and your toddlers and your junior high students because they're putting legs to their love. There's people that get here at 5.30 every single Sunday morning. Like all this stuff doesn't, like the school doesn't look like this. Just FYI, none of this stuff is theirs except for those chairs you're sitting in. Like that, we, we let them keep those. And uh, just kidding. But people get here, they set all of this stuff up. You want to know why? Because they're putting legs to their love. Like maybe it's time that you need to start putting legs to your love for Jesus and stop sitting in chairs, indulging in, in delicacies of knowledge and start putting some application to your life and have a willingness to get involved. Have a willingness to step out and do for others as, you, as they've done for you already. And so every, every week in your worship guide, there's a Get Connected card. I wanna encourage you, there's a whole bunch of y'all that aren't involved. I think about 50% of our church volunteers uh, at least once a month in, in serving in some area. Like the other half, like it's time for you to put some legs to your love. Like save people, serve people. You have to have a willingness to get involved. And if you're here for the first time, let me just tell you, you just hang out and be served. Like that's cool, you're, you're checking us out. But for those of you that call this your church, like it's time to put some legs to your love. So fill that card out, mark off some areas. Somebody will call you up and help you get plugged in and start putting some legs to your love so you can have the same, so that your friends and your family and your coworker and that person you invite can have the same exact experience that you have every single week with you providing an amazing service because you had a willingness to get involved. Jesus got up from the table. He got up from the table. And as he got up from the table, he took the towel and he stooped low. And what Jesus did is, is he went low to bring us up. He went low to bring us up. He, he had this humbleness of his heart to say, you know what, I see where you are, but I see where you can go and I'm willing to get involved in your life. I'm willing to get involved in the mess and the junk and all the things that you're going through right now. He said, man, I'm gonna stoop down into your situation. I'm gonna stoop down to where you are. I'm gonna get into the nitty-gritty of your life, and I'm gonna do whatever it takes so that I can help bring hope and bring life and bring, just bring me into every single situation because there's so many people right now, you feel like your life is so low. You feel like there is no hope in your life, and the, the thing that you're missing in life is you're missing out on the fact that when you start serving other people, it starts changing your perspective on things. I don't know if you've ever noticed this or not, but, but like when your situation is really bad, when you start getting involved in other people's situation, you start realizing how bad their situation is, yours doesn't look so bad anymore. Seriously. But so many times we're so focused on ourselves that we miss out on all the hurting people right around us. And Jesus said, man, you know what? I'm gonna humble myself. I'm not gonna think about me. I'm gonna look around to others. And he humbled himself and he went low and said, you know what, I'm gonna get involved where, where the people need it, where, where people are looking for that hope because he saw past where people currently were. 
This is the thing I love about God is that he sees past our current circumstances to our potential. And he's always been willing to do whatever it takes to get to right where we are. And Jesus modeled this all the time of going right to where you were so he could bring you to where you belong. And part of our role as save people is to help other people discover who Jesus is by getting into their situation, which means humbling ourselves, taking ourselves off of our high horse and all the things that we think about selfishly and going, how can I help you? What can I do for you? And Jesus had this willingness to to put off all of his desires for desires of other people. But more than that, number three, he had a willingness to get in the messy to make a difference. I love that he took the towel. He says, man, we're not going to be about really uppity things. This isn't a satin towel. This isn't, this isn't you know, some luxurious, luxurious garment. Like it's just a towel. And I need a towel because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into the nitty gritty of your life. Like you think about, any of you guys ever done like a Tough mutter or some crazy kind of race? Like three of you. Okay, never mind. Uh, anybody, everybody, anybody ever gone out into their yard barefoot after it, it like rained and it's muddy? Th- same three people. Okay. <laughs> anybody breathing? Okay, there's seven of you now. Awesome. Like the other day, I was, I was, I was, I'd gone for a run and it started raining and, and I, I just bought some new shoes and so I took my shoes off because I didn't want them to get dirty. I, I know, it's, I got issues. And um, pray for me. Uh, and so I'm walking, I'm walking back home and uh, when I got to our door, man, my feet were a mess. Like I didn't, and, and I, I looked at my feet and I was thinking about this message and I was thinking about like Jesus got low and got into you know, like the in between my toes and was scrubbing that out. Like he got underneath the nail and was cleaning out dirt. Like you think about the fact that like this is what the lowest of the lowest servant would do and here is the, the king of this world, the king of the universe getting into the nitty gritty serving people in the messiest possible place in their life. Making a difference. I mean, and this is, this is exactly what Jesus did for us all throughout time. It says in Philippians 2, 6 through 9, it says, Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. I was thinking about that. Like, when is the last time you made yourself nothing? Like, when is the last time you put off all of your thoughts and agendas and said, you know what, I'm just going to be nothing so I can be used by God for something? He said, by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every single name. Because Jesus was willing to be a servant and willing to sacrifice and willing to do whatever it takes, you know what God does when we do that? He exalts us. 
It's this really, really easy thing. And, and so I know some of y'all were thinking like, oh, the, he's just talking about serving because he wants us to volunteer. Like he just wants us to get involved. Like they need help. And so that's why they're doing this. And, and let me just tell you something. Like God doesn't want you to serve and the church doesn't want you to serve because we want something from you. The reason I want you to serve is because I want something for your life. God wants something for your life. That's why in verse 17 it says, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. See, God wants to bless your life. He wants to do some things in your life. But if you don't ever go and take on the very nature and the heart of a servant, you're going to miss out on what God wants to do in your life. And until you start serving, you're never going to experience that joy and that peace and that purpose that you're so longing for because you're so focused on yourself. You only get those things by giving it out to others. See, the very kingdom of God is so opposite of everything that we think naturally. We think, oh, I got to get for myself. And Jesus is like, no, you go give to everybody else. And in that, you'll get for yourself. It makes no sense to us. It's complete opposite, but yet that's exactly what God does. And what we got to realize is saved people serve people because served people become saved people. We serve people so that they can become saved people. You want to know what the greatest blessing that you will ever experience in your life is when you grab somebody from the grips of hell and you help them have eternal life. I'll tell you this right now, there is not a better day than when you bring your lost friend to church and they give their life to Jesus because you know that you played a part in serving them and helping them become a follower of Jesus. A couple of years ago, when we first went into Collier City, um, we were doing some Adopt-A-Block and, and I remember walking around and I was just hanging out and just checking out everybody's block and talking to people and, and we set up on this, this one empty lot and, and I was walking through and and I was walking down this particular block, and I didn't see anybody of our team. And, and so I asked somebody, I was like, hey, where's, where's the team that's on this block? And they're like, oh, they're in that, that last house. And, uh, and, I, and let me kind of preface this. That week, like, I didn't want to go serve anybody. Um, I didn't want to go to adopt a block that week. Like, I just like, man, this has been a busy week. I, I don't want to go serve. I don't want to go help. Like, I don't even like people right now. Um, it's like one of those kind of days um, and they're probably not going to like me either because I don't like them. And, and I, I remember walking down there, and they were in this house, and so I knocked on the door, and, and they opened the door to this house. And, and as I walked in, like, there was this overwhelming smell of, like, two- or three-month-old poopy diapers. You know, like, the kind of smell that, like, when you take that first whiff, like, you have to step back out and try not to throw up. And... Uh, in fact, I was like, give me a second, and I had to like walk a little bit because I was, like, I was so worried that I was going to throw up in this woman's house. And I got myself together, and I'm like, okay, you're, you're here to serve. You're here to serve. They, these people matter. And, and I remember going into this, this woman's house, and uh, there's, there's three people that were on this team on, for this block, and, and they were in this house that was probably one of the worst houses I've ever been in my life. I mean, like, filth everywhere, poopy diaper smell, kids running around with snot and poopy diapers on them. You know, like the, you know, like when a diaper's bad because it's like sagging like down to like their knees, like it's like not good. And, and, uh, and I remember seeing this team in there, like talking with this woman and praying. One was talking and praying with this woman. Another one was playing with kids on the floor and the other one was in the kitchen doing dishes. And, uh, I just walked in there and I started 
talking with these kids, and I just watched this team just serve this family. Just serve this family that, like, I couldn't even believe that I was standing in this house. One of them left and went and bought some diapers because the mom didn't have any diapers. And sort of, one was started cleaning other stuff. And remember, they came back and put this diaper on this little kid, and nothing like a baby in a tight diaper. You know what I'm saying? Like, like just walking around like this. You know, like there's like some some pride there. You know, like just stomach puffed out. You know, just broad-chested, just like, man, look at me. I remember walking out of that house. And just the Holy Spirit speaking to me and saying, today you honored me. You might not do it every day. You might not get it right all the time, but you went and served people. You made a difference. That family ended up coming to our church. Their kids ended up getting saved. You want to know why? Because saved people serve people. They get beyond themselves and they say, you know what? We're going to go to the broken and the lost and the hurting. We're going to do whatever it takes to show them the love of Jesus. And their life is going to be marked by the way that they're serving others. It's going to be evidence for all to see. Let's pray. Father God, I just come before you today. And this is what I know about all of us. All of us are probably a lot like me, and I, I, I struggle. I struggle in the idea that it's about serving, it's about making a difference, and, and I'm selfish at times. But God, I pray that you would help each and every one of us to realize that the life that we're living isn't so that we can just have stuff, so we can acquire stuff, so that we can live a good life. But the reason you gave us life is so that we could serve others so that they could have life too. And that the very heart of Jesus is the heart of service. Not serve us, but service. My prayer today, God, is that all of us would look within ourselves and say, what are the excuses that we're giving? And say, those aren't going to be an obstacle anymore to what Jesus wants to do in my life. Because the reason he saved you was to use you. And your life is meant for more than just existing on this earth and acquiring. It's meant to make a difference in this world. And I pray that, Jesus, you would use every single one of us to make a difference in this world. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.